Well, anyways, geez. Um, I just found out that Palantir sells a digital camouflage hat with their logo on it for $10. No. And no. I am absolutely going to buy it. There's no oh question God. about that. Ugh. Even though I don't Is have any a- money, I'm making that a priority number one purchase. It's $10. I know. It, is it, it costs the same amount as a banana. It does. It, it costs half their stock price right now. <clears throat> ooh, ooh. What a sick burn at uh, the expense of Peter Thiel. Wow. Nah, dude, that's not a burn at all. I'm in at $9, baby. Palantir is fucking pumping right now. To the moon, as the boys on Wall Street bets say. We're going strong. That's oh, why I was boy. looking at merch. I want to represent my favorite immoral company. Oh, boy. Uh, um, you know, I was talking well. to Ulrika about stonks yesterday. She got in touch with me specifically about stonk, stonk market talk. And uh, when she asked me for a couple of tips, I gave her a couple of tips, and one of them was Palantir. And she said, oh, no, 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 I don't I don't like uh, the non-ethical when I told her what well, it was. And then later, later uh, at the end of our phone call, she was like, hey, uh, can you text me the name of those tips? Just label the one immoral and the other one cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're getting into the, st- the business of stonks... I don't think morality is really the like ground floor to really build everything on. Oh, absolutely. It's not going to go well. No, not at all. Uh, you know, as as I like to say there is no ethical consumption under capitalism and that is especially true on the stock market. Oh, you like to say that? You came up with that? I like to say it. I didn't say I came up with it, but yes. Okay. I do enjoy saying it because it's a wonderful out for a hypocrite like me. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, man. You I know, see a folding chair in the background. Are, are you in your gaming deluxe chair? Oh, uh, I have an actual office chair now that is quite nice, I have to say. It was mm. donated from Ron. Uh, right now, he is sitting in a new office chair that is pink. Pink? So Ron has a pink uh, teenage girl's office chair, and I Why? have his former office chair now. Why does he have a pink chair? Well, he brought it home for me, and I said, I don't like this one. And he said, okay, well, <laughs> I don't really care what kind of chair I sit in, so I'll give you mine, and I'll take the girl's chair. And I said, that suits me. So now I have this. Uh, you can't see it in the shop, but I have a very nice um, old-fashioned office chair. It is a swivel chair like our contemporary versions, but it's made out of wood. Mm-hmm. So it's got yeah, these called beautiful, a banker chair. A beautiful banker chair is what I'm sitting in right now, and it's very comfortable. I can lean back. And, yeah, uh, li- or can, uh, they're called library chairs. I call the ones that don't lean back are banker chairs. Ah, okay. So I have a library chair, but I, I'm I'm yeah, really I, enjoying I, it. I love that I have armrests again. You got to have the armrests. That's an essential trait of a podcasting slash office chair. I have been hunting for the perfect office chair, and it's eluding me so aggressively. Because I was like, "Oh, maybe I could, get, I could get one of what you're describing, the wooden like library chair." Because I was like, "That would look nice. It it goes with everything. You don't really have to think about it aesthetically. It's just the the like the like ooh good chair." Um, but then I was like, "Maybe I maybe we need a Bertoya moment. I don't know." But that doesn't have arms, so I was like, I can't really live that way. Um, and then I just started looking at Eames recliners and thought, well, not that I have $800 to throw around, but 
Listen, one I'm quote. gonna I'm just gonna level with you right now and be totally honest. I wasn't listening to what you were saying. I checked out completely. Okay. I, I don't like it when you talk about furniture shopping. That seems to be a perennial topic for you. Um, I love furniture shopping. It's you it's, know it's sport and a little gay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very a ga- gay. it is a gay sport. It's a gay sport. Yeah. It's but, hunting uh, without the camo. It's great. I never know what you're talking about. It sounds like somebody prattling on about lacrosse statistics, and uh, I start to zone out and I and I can't focus. So uh, let's move on. I mean, there are statistics in lacrosse. Oh, it's cold. It's cold. It's cold in Cleveland. Cold in Cleveland. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. I, I was once again. I was ignoring you to do something else. <laughs> the the readers know what you were doing. Um, no, wait. There are statistics of lacrosse with the sticks and the throwing. What? Well, how? There's statistics for every sports ball, man. I'm not saying I know what they are. I don't care. That my whole point was that it's boring, and I don't like to think about it. It was supposed huh. to be an example of um, pointless, obscure tedium, and I was analogizing it to your furniture talk. You love pointless, obscure tedium. I don't know how this is so shocking. Like it's just, it's just a different avenue of uh, pointless, obscure tedium. Yeah, but you know, I like I like important pointless obscure tedium, like uh, you know, things about the Thirty Years' War or the Panic of nineteen oh seven, you know, stuff like that, stuff that matters. When you were a, a much younger and less black pilled child, did you like the Slate uh, thing, the Atlas Obscura, where they would just be like, "Here's a n- weird niche location in the world, and here's yes. the interesting thing that happened there, and no one really cares, but it's cool." Oh, I loved Ish. that. I loved that kind of stuff. I mean, that's where my fascination with uh, microstates came from. Oh, yeah. A lot of those on the Atlas Obscura. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes, of course, I love stuff like that. They're like, you guys ever hear of this island that no one went to except for that one guy, but he he mysteriously vanished? Yeah. Here's that one. You want to go? Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't. It sounds like like terrible travel plans. They're like, hi, this particular island is known for its venomous snakes go there get a boat and i'm like maybe if there was an island that was not. like hey th- this island is known for its obscure 1950s furniture and it's populated yeah, with young latinx men named raul yeah that's called catalina what the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you I, I, it's called fire we know where th- mm, no um there's no no there's no no everything's too like wooden and like coasty and you're like well, come on don't try it. you can't try to palm springs up that particular flavor of gay it just mm. doesn't work okay well well anyway man hi audience welcome to the show i'm all fired up and ready to podcast you know i've been on zoom for like three days straight i feel like i've been on a ton of zoom calls lately and phone calls lately mm. uh and i'm feeling better from the rona finally ah. so i'm you know I'm actually kind of excited tonight, and I feel uh, in my natural habitat. Oh, because you've been practicing staring at screen talking? Yeah, I've been getting more and more used to doing the Zoom calls. I did a family Zoom call, I did a friend Zoom call, I did another friend Zoom call, and then another friend Zoom call. (laughs) All in the span of 48 hours, so I've spent a lot of time. Yeah. Um, The only difference now is that I'm using the fancy mic, and I feel like a real pro. So... Oh, I just use this one on all Zoom calls now because I'm like, well, the headphones are plugged in. I'm not trying to do extra work. It's all here. No. Oh, that's good. See, the only reason I don't do that is I don't like when people comment on it. You know, 
Because somebody is always going to say something about it. You could always dip the mic like down a little bit and just be like, hi, how are you? And it just sounds like really shitty internal mic sounds. Yeah. And no one would true. know. That's true. You're right. They'd just be like, wow, look at those cans on your head. Wow, look at you. Fancy, fancy headphones. And that's as much as you get. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I was part of one of those Zoom calls for a good 30 seconds before my internet kept shitting out. And I went, okay, I got to go. Bye-bye. Happy birthday. Okay, got to go. Okay. You know, what you did is totally appropriate, I think. If somebody's having a big a big group Zoom call for any reason, I think it's totally a fine protocol to pop in for a few seconds and say, I acknowledge this call. Goodbye. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because big Zoom calls suck, you know? If you're sitting there with fucking seven or eight people, you're basically just watching other people talk unless somebody asks you a question. And try not to talk over other people. Yeah. yeah. I was and like, c- I'm not trying to do this. And also, I don't get any cell service back here. So, got to go. Right. Bye. Right. Especially if your connection is bad. Especially if there's a lot going on in the background. For example, on the particular call you're referring to, there was one person on the call who had three people over their house socializing. So, there was four pers- four people on one channel, essentially, which is a no-no. I always feel yeah. like, and you remember this from when we lived together, that when we would do group zoom calls that we were both on, I would be in a different room and do it separately from you. I like high fidelity audio. I like it to be clear who's being talked to one person per box, please. You know, not four. That's crazy. Now you're just a a cacophony. Unless everybody's already drunk already. And then you're like, I'm not moving. So here computer here, boom, done, whatever. I think zoom calls should max out at four people and four channels. I just w- other than that there's I, no point. I just think they shouldn't exist, but that's mm, that's not the world we live in now, so I guess I I won't. Yeah, no, it's not the That particular world we live dream in now. won't uh ever be a thing. Hey man, I'm out here in the provinces now. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that I can uh, call back to the Imperial Corps out there in Rome and uh talk to the loyal Centurion guards holding down the fort. What? I don't know. That was a really strained um analogy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. That's one of the. So I'm not going to claim that it made any sense. So if you don't listen when I'm talking about furniture, once I heard Centurion, I just went like a little loop of like flamenco music just started playing in my head, like <laughs> do 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 do, and I was like, oh, it's over. Okay, I'm back. All right, great. Yeah, you know my my uh, my therapist told me, she said, uh, she said, you know, you do a lot of of what ifs. And I said, what? What are you talking about? She was like, you spend a lot of time doing what if scenarios. Therapy. Hold on. Let's we'll get into we'll get yeah, into you that, heard but that. Let's right? go into let's cross the first threshold. Therapist? Yeah, yeah. I have I have a therapist now and a psychiatrist now because I'm loco. You know? Is this a bit? <laughs> no, this is this is this is not a bit. All three of those things are true. Um but yeah, the the new therapist, she told me, she told me I spend too much time doing what if scenarios. And I'd never quite heard it put that way, but I think that's true on every level. And I literally laughed when she said that because I had just finished uh, delivering some analogy about Napoleon making his way to Moscow on a call with her. And she was like, you know, I don't think this is good. (laughs) I mean, yes. Again, this is why it's a matter of, you know, again... 
other people can try to walk you through the doors, but they just don't have as much knowledge of Freud and maybe have less better couches. So, Yeah, unfortunately, I, I've never even seen my therapist in real life. Everything's done on the phone. So I do, what, lay, on, I do lay on better my own personal couch, though. What is it? Betterhelp.com? No. <laughs> if you need help, better help. Yeah, a better call help. Wait, how are you doing the Sands insurance? Is it uh, the joy well, of well, free I have, I have parental assistance. Let's just put it that way. Oh, Ron was like, "You're fucking crazy." Yeah, basically. You need to talk. Yes, yes, yes. He was. That that almost uh, literally did happen. Uh, but yeah, no. It was it was also it was also at my request. I thought I thought it would be a good thing. And so far, it kind of is. But uh, I got to tell you, I've had this conversation with uh, one of our friends of the show a couple of times, but it really, she really pisses me off, you know? But I think that's part of her job. <laughs> I keep finding oh, myself yes, getting angry on the phone, and I, that's not typical for me, but uh, I think in some ways that's actually good, you know? Oh, because you're being challenged and you don't always like that? Oh, yeah, because I don't, I don't like it at all. And also, I'm like, I don't know you. What the, what the fuck, you know? It's it's a weird space to be in to have s- an anonymous person uh, have a lot of authority over you. And it's like purely psychic authority too, the worst kind. It's not about merit. It's not like coercion. Like you went there on your own and yet, you know, they what's actually the don't point have if authority. you're not going to listen the, to this part of Part of the whole thing is that they don't have authority. They're trying to give you the skills to process things. So it's not really authority i think that's a misplaced word okay i that's fair enough i mean all i meant was that what is the point of doing this if you're not going to listen to the person right or you're not gonna sort of accept their challenges to your lines of thought that's a form of authority i would say i take your point that that's a little misplaced but i don't you know listen i'm not wrong okay that's the whole thing here is i'm trying to get it across to her like listen you need to shut up and you need to let me speak because I'm always right. And she's like, well, that's not true. And in fact, you just were talking about Napoleon to me. And I said, well, so? Why don't you shut up, lady? <laughs> Preach, sister. Get in there. Get the cobwebs down. You're going to need like possibly a, uh, a pressure washer. I don't know. It's going to take a lot. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, it's overall, it's been a positive experience. I mean, I, I don't know. It seems I'm self-conscious right now because it seems sort of counterproductive to talk about, you know, your mental health stuff in a public forum. Like, it sort of seems like I should keep that quiet, you know? Have you listened to a podcast ever? That's all it is. It's I just suppose a, that's true. It's, it's just, just people, people going, in therapy, therapy, I did this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm following in the grand tradition, the grand podcasting tradition of oversharing. Duh. Uh, but the thing this is this is maybe going to shock you because it's been kind of shocking to me. Um, I was really resistant to the idea of getting medications. And uh, eventually I got talked into g- going to a second person who's the psychiatrist woman. That's and, the one with the pad of paper. Yes. Yes. And I've been prescribed a medication and I've been on it for about a week now. And it actually helps. And I'm stunned. No shit. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly, I feel, I feel better than I have in years already. Which upper are you on? Uh, it's called Abilify. They put me on a fast, oh, yeah. act, a fast acting one on purpose, 
and it's also it's a mood stabilizer. It's not an antidepressant uh, because I got diagnosed as bipolar, uh, bipolar two, the small one. So, I mean, that kind of makes sense, honestly, but it was more extreme than I thought it would be. And and I'm happy because I didn't want to get on an SSRI. I'd only ever heard bad things about, uh, you know, ones that only regulate your serotonin. So I have one that regulates both channels, the manic channel and the depressive channel. And so far, I'm doing great. I feel real nice on an everyday basis. Um, I'm not reaching terrible lows so much. And uh, my highs are good highs. They are not like... I feel like driving to Montauk for no reason, you know? Uh, yeah. I'm actually getting stuff done. I'm making drawings. Um, you know, I'm doing stuff. I'm talking to my dad without being aggressive, which is good. What is it, like Fight Club Mayfield Heights? What? 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 Well, he just does a lot of things that annoy me. But I, but I also have to recognize that, you know, I'm in his house and I'm, uh, you know, I'm taking advantage of his noblesse oblige. You know what I mean? So I, I can't be judgmental yeah. about like, hey, I don't like the way you do the coffee maker. The coffee maker doesn't belong to me, you know? Or like, oh, hey. Oh, boundary hey, setting. Oh, yes, don't, yes. Don't, yes. you know, I'll be like, why do you lock the doors all the time when you're home? And it's like, oh, it's his house. He can do whatever he wants. I don't need to be um, rude about literally everything. So I'm finally turning a corner on that, and I'm and I'm attributing it to the antipsychotic. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> but who knows? I could be on a placebo for all I know. All I know is that the pill is tiny and purple, and it makes my brain good. <laughs> okay, well, it's better than half a bottle of tequila. So like that's no, that's true. Probably for the better part. That's probably for the better. As you take a giant gulp of red wine, um, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't drink heavily with those. Well, yeah. This is the first drink I've had in almost three weeks now. Yeah. I, I'm having a little bit of Ron's vintage, um, and uh, you know, no, I'm I'm treating myself, you know, man, because I'm I'm getting I'm over the COVID. I've been good on every level in the meantime, so I think it's okay. Um, also, you know, I have ob- an an obligation early tomorrow, so I'm not keen to like get super fucked up no also no. what am i gonna do get super fucked up and just be up here yeah i um in my uh daughterage can't even make it three quarters of the way through a bottle of wine without absolutely falling asleep snoring on couch so that's where my life is at i'm like oh <sighs> and even if i like do make it through i'm just like oh i am very sleepy i'm gonna go i'm gonna go nap now and it's like oh what a reasonable time of twelve thirty in the morning, huh? It sounds like you need to go yeah. to a you need to go to a sleep clinic and get a uh, anti narcoleptic. No, no. I think it would be it's very th- very funny if you went to a doctor and they were like, you know what, you need to do is just drink three quarters of a bottle of wine and get some rest. And I'd be like, yeah, already do that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I skip the wine and I just take the nap. And they're like, well, you're doing it out of order, sir. You you can't do it that way. You have to do it the other way for it to work. And I'm like, I mean, we've discussed it a right. lot in the past, but you, you do a pretty good job of self-medicating. You have a three-point plan, which is take naps, drink wine and fall asleep, and yell into soft objects. I don't know. I don't understand how people can't cope. I don't get it. That's the triforce of will. Will's awakening. 
I mean, you joke about that, but that's on sale right now, and I'm definitely buying it as soon as this call is over. Um, I've purchased it two times already in every other iteration. I'm like, what's another one? Fuck it. It's 40 bucks. Take me on a nostalgia train, please. Thank you Wait, so much. Wait, ba- back up. I'm a little confused. Oh, so they have a re-release of yes. Link's Awakening. I didn't know if they had come out with a new Zelda since Breath of the Wild. I would say that would be crazy. That's a quick turnaround. Well, they did, but that one I'm not buying because I'm not dropping $60 on some stupid fighting game that I don't care about. Anyway, um, no, the the mental health journey is very interesting because part of my, um, one of my notes, one of my notes is funny, the other one, this this is the less funny one, but I was feeling very faily because I was just like, oh, because I went to my studio and I was like, fuck, it's cold. My new lights are fine. It, it looks, it's a little dim. I don't love an LED light. Um, but I was looking around. I was like, oh, I haven't done anything in two months. And I'm like, oh, when I go, like normally I get some satisfaction from, you know, retailing. But like that world is such an absolute hellish nightmare because of the world that I'm like, everything feels like failure. And I'm like, huh, why do I feel a little down and very tired all the time? Oh, that's depression. Oh, got it. Okay. Clocked it. Very good. So and then it was just a matter of like, okay, so how do I treat myself better? And it was like, well, recognize that that's what's happening. And it's a behavior pattern of feeling like it's failure. And then going, well, I could do things. I, I, I can take actionable steps. So I was like, all right. And, you know, part of it is like, oh, I can't go home for, uh, what are they, what are they called? Holidays. holidays Thanksgiving. Um, you know, and I was like, okay, fine. Like accepted that. And then got a text from my mom. I was like, oh, someone has it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Staying the hell away from you people. Um, I know nine people. Oh, that's too many. That's insane. In New York, we're all fine. Uh, <laughs> everybody's good. Um, but I was like, so on Sunday, I was like, or Saturday, I was like, I can feel sorry for myself or I can go buy a bird, get all the things to make like, uh the stuffing that I always will make and like know that I'm gonna treat myself on Thursday even if it's like a little bittersweet it'll still be like satisfying in the process of doing it and the wow are, are are you gonna are you gonna put on clown makeup and look in the mirror and sing yourself happy birthday what for your pathetic solo Thanksgiving no you're that's gonna fuck it you know i love gluttony what the fuck no i'm planning <laughs> to make myself very happy thank you so you're much. gonna craft the devil's tower out of mashed potatoes and mac and cheese on the living room table close encounters style by yourself listen a roast you know i like to roast a, a, a whole chicken anyway so it's just like a oh this is just a fun treat to make everything smell nice and then really i'm just gonna take that uh tray of stuffing to pound town and then just sit in a coma um and then maybe go see Re, and then just like that'll be fun. It'll be like easy, f- fine. But planning oh, no, is no. the thing. It, it does sound great, but yeah, back to your mental health journey. Because see, I wanted to jump in for a second and say when you said, "Oh, that's depression," and you can feel yourself sort of going down that spiral. That's my favorite part. I love the spiral. I love the oh shit, I'm feeling depressed. This is going to be fucking awesome. I have an excuse to do nothing but play StarCraft for four or five months. And then leave my entire world behind in a manic decision rage. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know who. I don't like this thing about 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 taking active measures to uh, uh, say, you know, I could do an alternative thing. No, no. You chase that darkness, and eventually it leads you to buying a camo Palantir hat. Yeah, it just leads me to buying a nice, lovingly raised, fresh, organic bird that I'm going to shove a lemon, lemon and a onion up its ass and then delicately carve. Like, that's that's where I go. I go, well, like, we can make this useful. Is and that the tagline on your grinder profile right now? Listen, I downloaded that after the one day I actually completed a bottle of wine and was like, ugh next morning just the regret of why did i do that and then just deleted it immediately and went nah, not today no this is bad and i was looking at the pictures of the people i was talking to i was like oh, <laughs> no i gotta <laughs> delete everything mm-hmm. and now they have a warning where they're like if you delete it too many times you can't re-download it i'm like great i think that's the move oh man yeah well just don't pay attention and eventually you will just be locked out forever I think that's fine. That's hilarious that's of fine. them to do because they are going to lose a lot of their user base that way. Like over time, there's no way that almost everyone won't get locked out. I think that's fine. I think that's enough people going like, I regret doing this every time. Yeah. That like, that should tell you some, that should tell you something about your service as well. That you're like, we're attracting people who like in, in the wee hours are just like, hey. Hi, I I like a dick well, in the face. Well, I don't I don't think they care about that, but it's almost certainly a move of last resort to threaten people with no access to your own service. Like, I don't think they would do that if that wasn't a very serious problem on every level. So. Oh, probably, yeah. But any but anyway, so tell tell me more about your about your journey here. So you realized you were getting sad and instead of giving to that you decided to prepare for Thanksgiving and go to your studio. Yeah, and like plan like, oh, if I'm like cuz I was like, oh, nothing nothing works. Like the when you have this kind of idea that you can identify the source, you're like, okay, so what do I have to do? And then there is a certain level of helplessness on the like paying job where I'm like, well, I can't control the world, whatever. Um, And then kind of going like, ah, freedom. Um, But then marrying that with like studio stuff, like, well, what do I have to do to make this satisfying? And I don't have an answer for that yet. Um, I'm sorry, back up a a second. Uh, To make what satisfying? To make the studio satisfying? To make life overall satisfying? Oh, I see. Yeah. And like locating where the satis- where the like feeling of living a whole life comes from. Yeah. And it's yeah. a matter of like, well, it's a balance of all the things, right? Like all the all the plates have to spin in the right way. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I mean, I've been thinking about this a, a little bit lately because I've been literally uh, painting all day long every day for the last week or so, probably since about the last time we talked. Um, just because I've been getting up early, I think that's partly because of the medication. Yeah, that'll and, do that. And um, the other thing is, you know, it gets dark so early that I want the daylight to paint under. So I actually feel yeah. under the gun while I'm working to get as much done as I can before like four when you're, you know, it's dimming and you're fine. The darkness is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I- I've been thinking about like this exact thing, like you put it in terms of spinning plates and like different elements of your life have to balance out. But 
I really think that just making artwork is satisfying because you're doing something productive that you're not alienated from. Like, you are really, truly doing something that you want to be doing. It is not a chore. It is not labor for someone else that you're compelled to do. Um, it's not small talk or chit-chat. Like, the reason I mention that is that that's not necessarily unpleasant, but it's still obligatory, you know? It really does feel good to do work that isn't alienated. Yeah, but it's a matter of what is the expectation of what comes from the work. And it, is it a matter of uh, the, like, jouissance of doing the thing? And uh, that I'm maybe, like, le- always less interested in. Even though it's fun, I'm always like, eh, this is kind of the boring part. Like, filling in the colors is, like, mm, like satisfying for that time. But, like, what does it do then? What did the things do? What does the idea do? And I'm like, well, that's the part I actually care about, right? Like, the thing, make bringing something into being that you've thought of is, like, that's the part where you, like, you know, prove your mettle in the world of, you know, mattering and not wasting time. Because there is the joy of wasted time of, like, everyone can clearly see the, uh, uh, brush in fingies finger blasting that i'm doing um but it's a matter of what does what does that do when it's out in the world and it's like if it's a matter of doing nothing like how do you change that and it's a mat and it's also like well is it i don't know well you like, know what I, do i want to bring into the world and is it a matter of like well if i i think you might be overthinking home, this if i if i might offer that because I love overthinking things. Well, but let's, but that might be why it's difficult to go to the studio and be satisfied with it for you. Is that if you're constantly thinking about... I think there's a few levels to this. On one hand, there's the conceptual element of an artwork, like what does it mean? And if you haven't like research and researched and designed the thing uh, thoroughly, then like really what's the point in making it? If the jouissance, as you said, of the labor of making a painting is not primary then the concept must be i think that's one element of this that's kind of a problem and the other thing is you you keep saying if i'm going to put something out into the world well really are you are you that's, represented by well, a gallery is anybody really going to see it outside of instagram so why put pressure on yourself in that way at all um but the that's more the part more, where like the go ahead well the more and more that um I've gone on in life and gotten a little bit clearer just about where I am as a maker. I wouldn't even say as an artist. Like, I don't think that I really even am one because I don't publicly show work. I don't sell work. I don't have a career in that sense. So maybe I'm just a maker of stuff and it's, you know, presumptuous to call myself an artist. But that's very liberating when it comes to why I like to do it. Um, because it isn't public facing and the uh, raw visceral pleasure of just executing a thing is mostly where I derive the enjoyment from anymore. So for example, and then we'll throw it back to you. The thing I've been working on, I don't really care to discuss in detail right now, maybe next time or the the week after that, but uh, it's just, I've just been making variations of exactly the same composition 
just like one after the other after the other after the other. You do do that, but yeah. I do that a lot, but I'm doing that really self-consciously this time. Like, I barely thought this thing out. I said, I like this picture and I like this picture. I'm going to mash them together and then I'm just going to do variants and that's it. So now, whenever I approach a variant, all I'm doing is letting my impulse dictate the logic. All I consider is that I don't want it to be exactly the same as the last one. But I have no thrust as to how different it needs to be or what it means or what direction it should take. I just go into it and say, let's start and we'll figure out where this goes. And I know that sounds vague and borderline even naive, um, but I'm just more concerned about like the immediate visceral impact of making a thing and then I stop working on it when it has the same impact uh, looking at it. And that's it. Hmm. There's no thought given to what someone else would say about it or if it's even accessible to another person. you know. So I wonder, I, I only offer that long exegesis as a way of saying like, m- maybe I don't think so hard about these public facing things because at the end of the day, your work's not public facing anyway. So if you're feeling down and you're trying to go to your studio let it be a pick me up. Yeah, but my thing is like, mm, my ego is a fickle bitch, so I'm always just kind of like, ooh, what what is actually like? I don't know. Not that it's like you want the show, you want the success, but it's like not even. Well, maybe well, I think maybe it's like it's like what when you think about all the things that you like, uh, uh, you sacrifice. It's not even sacrifice. The shit that you put yourself through, meaning like working like 50 hours a week like a dumbass, like all of this, like what is it for? It's like it's a matter of like, so what do you, what have you given up to a, to chase, you know, one aspect of your life? And it's like, well, are you even chasing that anymore? So it's this kind of like more existential, like what is this? I don't even know. Um, so it's a matter of like reckoning with the circling back to like oh yeah what 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 was i doing oh okay let's let's actually get on on the on the board um in terms of making anything that matters and whether that's like going to studio or like i don't know well i think i can't wait for shit but like you know like doing something that it does matter at large rather than something that just feels right to me yeah i don't i don't know why you feel that pressure I I know that I'm repeating myself at this point, but I I think that is what I think that exact feeling is what is standing in your way of just enjoying yourself. Um, I think what you said about like working 50 hours a week to support what and am I even doing that anymore? Um, It's actually for me has been helpful to frame that in a way that I think other people would normally think of as negative in that. You're not working 50 hours a week to support your art career. You're working 50 hours a week to survive because that's what everybody's doing. You don't have a day job. You actually have a real job and career that is not enjoyable to you, which is the situation for a lot of people. I think at the end of the day, it's a very political question. And like we've been having these conversations a lot on the podcast recently with the election and stuff. I don't need to go over it all again. But I really do think it's it's 
sort of liberating to just frame your job like that and say, look, I have a job because I have to, and there's no choice but to do this so that I can pay my rent and put food in my face. And then if the art career isn't going um, well parallel to that other thing, basically just treat it as a hobby and don't be ashamed of it. Because essentially that's Mm. what it is at the end of the day. That doesn't mean you're not intelligent. That doesn't mean you don't make art at a high level. It just means that uh, that isn't your career. Well, it can't be a monetized career, right? Like, this is the kind of weird... Therefore, it can't be a career at all. Yeah. Hmm. So once that question is dispensed with, and you're just honest with yourself, uh, you have to do the further thing of saying that is not shameful. Because a lot of people are in that position. Oh, you know how we feel about shame in in, in this house. Well, I know that you love it. <laughs> and and I know that it is important to reject it, I think. Oh, it's it's a great little pool to be in. Oh, just wallowing in it just mm, it does so much and so little. Well, it it does it does it does nothing but make you uh but bind you by things that you can't control. Shame is always something imposed from the outside. It's not an active decision. So it's ironic at the end of the day that you're able to go through this process in your head of saying, I'm feeling really down. Maybe it would help me to do something that I like doing. And then you get there and shame prevents you from liking it and therefore prevents you from doing it. Oh, I didn't say shame. No, 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 no. Didn't say shame doesn't prevent me. It's just a matter of, again, getting strategic. It's a matter of like, okay, what is the plan? Because this is you, how I well, always... Wait, wait, wait. Well, you didn't say that, but that is what's happening. I'm offering you that description. So if you want to reject it, you can. But I think, at, I think at the end of the day, that's what's actually going on. And then as soon as you kick into this mode where you're like, well, it's actually about being strategic. It's like, well, no, because if you accept my premise that it's not your career, that it's something you enjoy rather than something that you're monetizing... Why do you need to have a strategy? Because I want the other thing. Okay, well, I want then it to be a hobby. So then you have to go. Oh, how do we strategize? Your how do we get the strat? How do we get the strategy to get out of here? Yeah, but you don't want it to not be a hobby bad enough that you pursue it in any other way. Mm-mm. You're putting you're putting in t- internal pressure in your own mind to make it something that it isn't. But that's but this is the next thing is like how if that's what i want like how how do you make make a turn how do you change out of things and that's uh that's hard that that takes a different level of like self-honesty is what you're describing um because i think what i think what that would take is basically all business stuff is all getting on your grind type of hustle bullshit which would just mean a different kind of socializing would mean yeah. a different kind of, I don't know, applying to grants or like putting in all of this business effort towards your second career. That has nothing to do with making a uh, painting in a studio. No, but like, you know, if something comes across my bow that's like, eh, here's a, here's a thing, send a picture. I'm like, I, I, I could, you know, instead of just going like, eh, I won't do that. It's like, Maybe try once in a while. And it's like, okay, we can try once in a while. Yeah, sure. And, I mean, if, 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 that is really, if that is really what is standing in your way of you enjoying your own studio practice, the fact that 
you know, you feel like it should be more than what it is right now, then yeah, that's just a question of of personal effort in the direction of work. But no, the not, only th- not in the direction the o- of anything satisfying till later. You have to really delay it. Yeah, the only thing I don't enjoy about doing it is when I f- do the thing of like, oh, that's, that's a stupid idea. That that kind of internal shame that's 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 a different that's a horse of a different color but but where but what i'm trying to get at is where does that come from i think that only comes from thinking that other people are going to see your work and judge it when other people aren't really going to see it and they probably aren't going to judge it i don't know why you're imposing yourself on yourself an audience that you don't have because the audience that you do have is universally supportive your friends yeah you know, we and like I think little, especially like a little self shame every now and then. Yeah, but but then please tell me, like, I'm genuinely interested. Like, what purpose do you think that serves for you right now? Not I think in general. In my, I think in my brain, it has always been the like uh, internal editor of like, oh no, this is the thing going. No, that's not good. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, no, thumbs up, thumbs down sideways I, what was the sideways thumb in the coliseums everybody dies uh well in the movie the sideways thumb was neutral down ah. was kill up was live um hmm. but in the reality of ancient rome uh down was don't kill and sideways was live huh the movie oh, they really uh, fucked that up warped it a little bit for contemporary audiences because otherwise it would have been kind of confusing to people I th- huh but I think you mean the sideways thumb in the sense of being kind of neutral and which yeah. direction are you going to take internally. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but the sort of internal shame allows you to calibrate that movement of your thumb. You don't want to keep bit, it in neutral. Yeah. You want to push it in the direction of a thumbs up. Or a right? full thumbs down just so we can move past it and just be like, no, 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 that's a bad one. Just shelve that. Nope. Moving on. Like, otherwise, if it's always in neutral, you're just like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. The even the ideas are not moving and it's like eh, right you're right but like neutral sucks like neutral is the non-editor you're just like it's fine but fine sucks fine is not good fine is the worst oh yeah good is the enemy of great what i i, I don't even know where that comes from that's just an old platitude but good is the <sighs> enemy of great like of course you you never want things that are middle of the road you yeah, want an obvious yeah. failure that you can discard or something that, you know, passes muster. The the thing that's interesting to me is like that you do all that work in advance. I'm not sure how that could work. Because I never think about the content of artwork that I'm making until I'm mid process and then I really refine what the content is when it's finished. Like I think you only know at least I should speak for myself. I only know what a work approximately means when it's over. All I know at the beginning is that this impulse feels good. It becomes a failure or it becomes a success. It does not start that way. Everything is neutral until it gets going. And the only way to find out is by actually making it. I don't know how you can cancel things before they've begun. That's sort of an inverse situation of what my therapist said to me of like, you do what ifs all the time. It's like, yes, I do. But in terms of artistic practice, I execute those what ifs and find out what they're what they're up to. It's bad oh, for so my mental health. you fuck around health. and find out? Yes, you are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's bad for my mental health because I just, I can't, I, there is no material way to um, dispense with what if scenarios. That is what art is for, kind of, for me. Um, 
But in your case, it's like you are running through all these what ifs in your studio and it makes it sounds like it makes it very difficult for you to actually produce anything at all because you're thumbs downing too many things. No, no, no. It's not thumbs downing. It's too many are some that, you know, are neutral. Okay, fine. But like, how do you know that? How do you know that just purely in the space of your mind palace? It has to crystallize on paper or on canvas to like know. Oh, you could you know, know within the first stroke, but there's no way you can know in your head. You don't you, you don't know when you like project a thing and then you're just like, yeah, that's not it. Hmm. Try it a different way. Not it. Oh, that's it. And then it, I don't even have to fucking like touch it. And I'm like, OK, that'll be a banger. Uh, No, I don't know that. I, I really don't. I don't really work that way. Once I've gotten as far as projecting the thing, I'm going to make the whole thing. Basically. Oh, See that I I do the projections as drawings and like I just change the scale and I'm like, is that it? Is that it? No, that's not it. Oh, is this is the is the is the coloring wrong? Is the comp oh and do little little shifty things and then I'm like, hmm. All right, that's the one. Okay, that's it. Done. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's just a different process than mine. I can't uh I can't really relate to that. I I never really thought about it till now, but I guess um most paintings that are failures are real tragedies to me because i've sunk a lot of cost into them but by the time i know that oh um, i've oh, never no. i've never just projected something and said ah this isn't gonna work i've i get halfway through it then i know or something oh no 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 the the cheapskate in me is like are we gonna really use that much flash on that no it's such a bitch to get no we're not gonna we're not gonna try that until we know that it's like spot on yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't think in. I don't think in those kind of limits. I mean, back to the beginning. I think it would be helpful for you, or well, rather. I mean, can you describe to me like, what do you think the actual problem is? Like, you're feeling down, and you go to your studio, and you didn't make anything, right? Oh, but I no no no. I I mean, I went and did like surface prep because I was like, no, let's let's get the things because I think like part of it was just like, ugh, well, I gotta do that, and it was just a matter of like, oh. Mm. Actually, this even just like slapping slapping Jesso on is like pleasurable in and of itself. It's like, oh yeah, this this drives the anticipation to do the thing. Sure, right. So again, it's just a matter of like, was was it laziness? Was it just like, ugh, weather changes the world to fucking dumpster fire? And then that doesn't motivate you to do anything because you're like, ugh, I'd rather just stay in and scroll my doom scroll my phone for like six more hours. And it's a matter of like, you know, like those little, the little like micro like things of like, well, if I leave now, I'm not going to be able, if I spend four hours, I'm not going to get a parking space. Uh, it's like, those are minor things that become, that you can put into bigger roadblocks in your thinking if you're like, well, I don't want to inconvenience myself because then it becomes a matter of like, it's truly just a matter of fear of like, no, I'm going to go there. I'm going to waste time. And then in my brain, it's like, oh, wasting time is bad. It's like, no, no, that's useful toil, useful wasted time. Well, and I mean, the premise that it's potentially wasted time in the first place is just a fantasy that you're telling yourself. Yeah, you don't know duh. that. You're just assuming that. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's hard to overcome that hurdle of dispensing with expectations i guess is really what we're talking yeah. about here um yeah, expectations will like, almost just, always let you down 
Yeah, and it's just a matter of going like, well, maybe it is, but like, just go anyway. Who cares? Sure. It's like, ah, that's right. That's right. That's actually the point of it all. That's the point of having the space to do the thing where you're like, maybe I didn't do anything. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. It's even just like shuffling stuff around. I'm like, well, that was useful. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being presumptuous or whatever, but I think it would be helpful for you in your process to dispense with those expectations even further into your artistic process. Like, you've gotten as far as going to the studio and dispensing with the expectation of that. You've gotten as far as doing some um, preparatory toil and dispensed with any expectations there. But when it comes to conceptualizing the work, I think you need to drop the expectations at that level, too. And just do whatever. And I and I, it's it's really ironic to have had this conversation with you because I feel like your work over the past like five or six years has trended in that direction. At least that's what it seems like. It's gotten um, less tight and a lot freer over time. But that being said, it's also gotten a lot less frequent. Yeah, and it's just a matter of like, what is it? Is it, uh, is it sets and reps that make good things? Or is it a matter of like, actually spending the wasted time to get into rewiring your brain and that's the part that gets a little tricky when you're just like "Ooh, my time is usually like pulled upon by other parties um so then i don't feel the i don't allow myself to hi phone bye-bye um i just it's always just there just and people can take away seconds via text or whatever and i'm like i need you to not you're really killing me and it's really just on me to put the boundary of no no no, no. you don't get to no i i like that you texted me work people but like i i'm not there and you're going to have to figure it out and well they, i mean sorry that's one that's one solution that's one potential solution is that you draw a boundary and you compartmentalize your life um, but it sounds like you struggle with that. I mean, another possible option is just take the high tension energy that you feel with the phone as a presence and channel that into an artwork. You could also do that. It doesn't have to be a distinct thing. I you think the idea that, that it should, I, I think it's back to the idea that you have two separate lives here, that you have a day job and then you have your parallel career. Uh, when actually you just have one life. So maybe that energy is consistent between all of these things and it doesn't stop and you can't stop it. And there's no reason to, uh, I don't know, put pressure on yourself or force yourself to make a separate chamber in your life where there is calm. Maybe there's not. No, there's not. I know maybe the work, maybe the, well, then maybe your artwork takes on a frantic uh, urgency or some other sort of quality that it doesn't normally have. And you figure out what that looks like. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think I think it is a, a more so a matter of like transitioning uh, thought patterns away from compartmentalization. And just be like, how do you solve problems in general? And it's like that I I, I have never spent time thinking about. Yeah, is it yeah. worthwhile? Probably. Yeah. Um, I just think of them as separate little boxes of I think this way when I'm doing this, and I think this way when I'm doing this, and you know, like. And when a practice comes, you know, when the studio practice gets into this world of, like, closer to, like, joke writing or, like, scripting narratives, that becomes hard when, again, when there's 
a different kind of script that you operate on, you know, most of the time. And it's a matter of like, well, what can you do with that idea of regulated scripting in a world where you're like, no, I'm chasing zingers. Cause like is chasing zingers really the, um, the most productive thing? No, that's very hard to do. This is why like people like comedians like use Twitter to shit on things, you know? Well, yeah, if that was your raise on debt, you would be uh, an uncredited SNL freelancer, which yeah. is the lowest form of human being. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, I mean, like this, but this is why, like, you know, like I could be good at Twitter and like, who cares? But like, I don't even want to do that kind of little like shit posting of notes to no one. Like, uh, like it is a matter of like, moving the barometer of thought process around in like carting it around to other facets of life which i think is hard to do because of the boundaries that i set for myself already well it's not yeah and i i don't want to i don't want to cast too you've many only been going to therapy for a week you don't have you don't have the license to uh well no 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 <laughs> I, and, I'm, and i'm not trying to cast aspersions on you because i think that's difficult for everybody i think that's obvious it's just um yeah i don't know i can't help but think you you have this problem of constantly fantasizing about an audience that you don't have yeah mm. i mean the audience is always me though if I don't make something that doesn't tickle my fancy, I'm always like, no, no. Like if like if, if a bad joke object doesn't like get me, I'm like, no, it, w- it wasn't worth it. Like I love making myself like giggle t- until I'm crying. And then if something doesn't do that, like in an artistic way, like not necessarily do that, but like make me go, ooh, like I'm not one to like try it out. Right. Or entertain it, which is... Well, yeah. I mean, I think we have hours and hours of recorded evidence that you're a really tough crowd in general. So it would make sense that even in your own mind, if if you're the sole audience... Because that's basically what I was arguing for is, hey, man, yeah. you should just like listen to yourself and go with the flow or whatever hippie nonsense I'm dispensing. But that was basically the advice. And you're saying, well, like, no, like, yeah, even just me as an audience is is not only like metacognitive and has all these layers, but is also not easily satisfied. Um, so if that's the case, then, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess there is no problem here other than an infrequency of work, which isn't a problem at all. Mm. It's only a problem if it's not serving its therapeutic function. I mean, that's how this conversation started. Mm. And and I don't think that you should... Um, if you're so harsh of a critic on yourself that you can't do something that you enjoy... This has always you know, been my problem. That's, some, that's something... That's, that's pretty bad. I've never had a problem being hedonistic, whether it's depressive or manic, you know? Uh, I have no problem being hedonistic in every other aspect of my life. Yeah, that's fascinating to me. I don't get that. We we are inverted in that way completely. Oh. Eat whatever, drink whatever, fuck whatever. Hello. Duh. Right. Make whatever? No, no. We don't no. We don't make whatever. No, no. Mm-mm. Well, it's not an argument for making whatever. It's not that things don't have criteria, it's that your criteria is clearly too strict. There is some there is somewhere in the spectrum where you could land where things are not arbitrary but also aren't uh keeping you in a 
panopticon of your own design. Great. I'm buying a bunch of octagonal shaped canvases and just going to town. <laughs> you should you should make a t-shirt that says driven by Fuko. Ew. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> I was going to I was going to like do an this... S&M bondage mask on the back. Just a ball and gag. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> No, I was going to I this is my level of insanity where I was like I'm going to buy these black totes and I'm going to cuz I rearrange some some stuff some painting stuff and i was like oh i forgot i have shitloads of screen prints and i was gonna like screen print some green lewis totes for the holiday season oh nice that would be cool and then i was like how do i do that that's a lot of work I don't think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> it wouldn't be hard but it would be just just hard enough because i was like how do you do a custom tote and all the all the handle drops were too skinny i was like no I was going to say, you're the ready-made master. There's no way you can't just find a website where you can, like, pick the fabric and the color and, like, you know, get it done. But they were so shitty. The The bags themselves were so bad. They were, like, little, like, uh, go-to-your-like-regional-sales-meeting tote bags, like those I know exactly things. And I what like, you're talking about. Yeah. <gasps> and, like, the cotton ones were, like, stingy. They were, like, hey, we can put your business papers for the beach. I'm, like, fuck you. No. I wanted like slouchy, good, and I, I did find them, but. Well, yeah, you're just yeah. I was gonna say I'm, su- I'm not surprised to hear that you found them because you got to do your favorite thing, which is just uh, research and shopping as practice. I'm a customizer as a practice, not a shopper. Thank you very much. You're the uh, millennial version of Jorge Pardo. It, it won't oh. be long before you're smoking cigarettes and wearing Crocs and pajamas to your openings. I already wear fucking Birkenstocks whenever I can. <laughs> I was searching for those clothes ones so I could wear with woolen socks and get real gorp core oh, in my geez. life. That's Ugh. where I'm at mentally. I was like, am I going to buy these? And I was like, oh, I think I have a problem right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first sign. I was like, ooh, we don't we don't live this way. No, 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 no. You I need think to you're... Un- are, are you familiar with... Uh, What's called streaming IRL. What? Okay, so there's people on twitch.tv. You're familiar with the website Twitch, correct? Yes, I do live in 2020. Yes, I am aware. So there's a relatively new phenomenon on Twitch. It's usually like young girls, but it's people of all stripes that they just live their lives completely on Twitch. So oh, yeah, there's like a Vietnamese girl who makes a shitload of money just like Yes, Ginny TTY. Her. I'm a big fan of her. I got banned from her channel for calling someone a <laughs> uh, Oops. Is it the after show now? <laughs> no. Were you like, it's fine. I have a gay friend. Yeah, basically. Yeah, sure, sure. Jeez, that's uh, gay, the, gay, that's, pass, that's, gay pass. Gay pass. That's the quintessential Twitch comment. of I have a gay friend. I can say fag. Uh, I also told her that she should tape her eyes back and that would be really funny, but. Anyway, that's worse. Yeah, the, I mean, after show th- now. So yeah, it was absolutely. one of the it it was one of those two things that got me banned. But anyway, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. So that's so that's Jenny. But I think that you should be a Twitch IRL streamer, and you should just um, record your shopping sessions and monologue along with them, like you looking at tote bags and being snarky about it. 
and complaining about like what material they're made of or how bad you, the fonts are. Do you are. know the inner monologue of me shopping online? I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is I honestly no, think if you just had the setup that you have right now and you just set up like the screen share on Zoom so people could see what you were clicking on and talking about to yourself and you just streamed that like eight hours a day, you would never have to work again, man. You want to combine all of your passions into a single career? I mean, we talked about this with Kate on the thing of like, hi do you want to pop a bitch in your corner like as someone else shops i just go no what are you doing no take that down no you're not buying that that's gonna fit like a paper bag what are you doing no no like that that people would pay for that as a service of like hi do you want a rent boy but not that way oh a hundred percent but i just think i just think you're thinking about that uh a little agedly like you're still thinking in terms of the service economy, man, and I'm trying yeah. to get you to think in terms of micro celebrity and streaming. If you mm. just did exactly that, but did it as a solo personality, people would tune in just to engage with you while you did it. You wouldn't have to seek out um, clientele. They would come to you and be like, isn't this fascinating that this guy sits and shops and monologues by himself? And before you knew it, you'd have people tossing coin at you all day long. And every once in a while, someone would drop an F-bomb and, you know, the mods of your channel would have to ban them. Oh, well. But you could handle easy. it. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, and you know what you're watching. Duh. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> ban them or See, not. I'm tell- Who cares? Fuck off. I can t- I'm telling you right now, you're already a better streamer than Ginny TTY. Okay. You would well. be very successful. God. Hold on. I have to respond to a text from aforementioned Ulrika. Okay, can we end the uh, regular episode real quick? I thought we were in the after show already. No, I'm just gonna leave. F-bomb. I'm just gonna leave the uh, f bomb in there. Oh, you should just do a boop over it, like edit it with a a sensor just for funsies. I mean, I'll I'll see how ambitious I'm feeling. I have a very busy week coming up. I don't know even when I'm gonna get to edit this, so we'll see. You have a busy Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I I do indeed. But can we end the episode now? Bye, audience. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I have to pee. Okay. Okay, bye.